Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of Podcast 360, your go-to resource for medical news and clinical updates. I'm your moderator, Jessica Bard, with Consultant 360 Specialty Network. There are survival and quality of life benefits to managing patients with HIV using antiretroviral therapy. However, those benefits can come at a cost, possible metabolic complications. Dr. Neha Idris and Dr. Melissa Badowski are here to speak with us about their research, evaluation of the incidence of hypertension, diabetes, and hyperlipidemia in patients on antiretroviral therapy at ID Week 2021. Dr. Idris is a visiting clinical assistant professor and clinical pharmacist at the Antithrombosis Clinic at the University of Illinois, Chicago College of Pharmacy. Dr. Badowski is a clinical associate professor at the University of Illinois at Chicago College of Pharmacy, and she manages an infectious disease and HIV outpatient clinic and telehealth clinic with the Illinois Department of Corrections. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Can you please give us an overview of your session? Sure. The concept of this study came from post-marketing data showing an association between integrase inhibitors or INSTEs use and weight gain. INSTE-based regimens have evolved into first-line treatment for most people living with HIV due to their high efficacy and relative safety profile. But the weight gain seen in post-marketing studies brought up the question of whether INSTEs were associated with long-term metabolic consequences. So we decided to study type 2 diabetes, hypertension, and hyperlipidemia. We conducted the study within the Illinois Department of Corrections, or something we refer to as IDOC. And so to provide a little bit of a background on the study population, these are patients that are diagnosed with HIV and incarcerated within the state of Illinois. These patients are provided interdisciplinary telemedicine services for HIV care. So we have an infectious diseases physician, a clinical pharmacist being myself, and a social work supervisor. We're all on campus here at the University of Illinois. And then we call into one of 26 prisons throughout the state of Illinois where we see the patient and we have a nurse that assists us in performing this telehealth visit. These patients have uninterrupted access to their medications. So we thankfully do not face a lot of the medication access barriers that other patients may struggle with. They receive routine follow-up with this service and it provides for an ideal study population to help us understand the effects that these medications have. Previous research within our group uh, that was conducted within this population also demonstrated that there was weight gain, in fact, with INSTE use. So a little bit more about our study. We conducted a retrospective cohort study on patients that did not have diabetes, hypertension, or hyperlipidemia, and we evaluated the effect of INSTE-based therapy on the development of these metabolic comorbidities compared to NNRTI and protease inhibitor-based regimens. The timeframe of the study was from the start of our telemedicine services, which was what I like to say before telehealth was cool. So it was back in July of 2010, and this was through the end of 2019. Our endpoints were defined by diagnostic criteria set forth from the American Diabetes Association, the American College of Cardiology, as well as American Heart Association, as well as the JNC8 guidelines. And that was depending on the timeframe of this review. What are the risk factors associated with hypertension, diabetes, and hyperlipidemia? There are some risk factors that are consistent across the board for these diseases. Some of these are age, lack of physical activity, smoking, and family history. Being overweight or obese also increases the risk of developing hypertension, diabetes, and hyperlipidemia. And that kind of goes back to our research question 
of if the weight gain associated with NC-based regimens does increase the risk of developing any of these comorbidities. Diet can also play a role in many ways. So patients that have a high salt intake have a higher risk of developing hypertension. And those with a diet high in saturated fats are at higher risk of developing hyperlipidemia. And looking at HIV regimens, we already are aware that protease inhibitors are associated with diabetes and hyperlipidemia, along with certain NNRTIs being associated with hyperlipidemia. And for integrase inhibitors, the data that we do have associates integrase inhibitors with weight gain, and they've identified a few risk factors, and that includes being female, having a lower baseline BMI, being African-American or Hispanic, and also which NRTI is used with TAF-containing regimens being at higher risk of weight gain compared to TDF-containing regimens. Let's kind of dive into the meat of this study here. What is the incidence of hypertension, diabetes, and hyperlipidemia in patients on antiretroviral therapy? Generally speaking, I kind of want to take a 10,000-foot overview of this. For patients living with HIV and having a diagnosis of hypertension, people on antiretroviral therapy tend to have higher rates of hypertension than those who who are naive or not on any therapy. But antiretroviral naive versus those on treatment in terms of being compared one class versus another, that hasn't been elicited. So for diabetes, one study showed there's no difference when comparing INSTEs to either NNRTIs or protease inhibitors, uh, so those other anchor drugs. But an overall incidence in the diabetes risk was seen in patients on integrase inhibitors. So in terms of hyperlipidemia, our group also performed a study, and this was presented at Ivy Week last year, and it showed that 30% of our patients were not actually receiving appropriate statin therapy, regardless of the antiretroviral regimen that they use. So there is a possibility that there's a gap in appropriately identifying and managing patients with high ASCVD risk, specifically in this population, but there's not a lot of great data showing these medical comorbidities and the true incidence. And then going back to our research study and the results of that, in our retrospective cohort study, we evaluated a total of 206 patients and did find a statistically significant difference in the incidence of a metabolic comorbidity in the INSTE group compared to the other HIV regimen classes. Majority of the patients, about 72%, were already virally suppressed with undetectable viral loads, and majority were African-American and male with a baseline BMI of 26.5 kilograms per meter squared. Specifically, what we saw was a difference in the incidence of hypertension with more patients in the INSTE group developing hypertension. And then when looking at the secondary outcome of weight gain and BMI, these outcomes were actually increased in all three groups. And some of that can be attributed to the fact that at baseline, this specific population has a lower baseline weight than the general population, which is for a variety of reasons. Some of that could be due to drug use, due to lack of regular food access, and could also be due to housing insecurity prior to being incarcerated. So knowing all of this, how do you believe this information will impact clinical practice going forward? So I think that this research hopefully will help us better monitor our patients by encouraging clinicians to actively assess blood pressure, weight, and lab values like lipid panels and glucose values. A lot of the times these metabolic comorbidities are deferred to a patient care doctors, but hopefully this information can motivate a shift to any provider or their medical team that manages their HIV 
to take more ownership of helping diagnose, manage, and monitor these comorbidities since it is related to their HIV medications. And this can subsequently lead to a more comprehensive care for our patients moving forward. Are there any knowledge gaps that you would say really exist in this area? Yeah, there are still a lot of questions that uh, need to be answered. What we don't know yet is when in therapy that we can expect this outcome to occur. So, um, you know, there is some data that earlier on, but is it a plateau effect? Will we see it years out? We do know that those trends, you know, like I said, will happen within that first year. And in this study, the duration of the study wasn't long enough to assess if we're looking at mortality data. So more of these longer term consequences. So it would be interesting to see if these causing significant changes would be in the morbidity and mortality aspect. We are also not sure if this is a reversible side effect or if there is a difference when we separate between different agents aside from just the integrase inhibitors. So, you know, if we switch a patient off of a medication to another medication, will the weight loss reverse? Will it stop uh, accumulating? So I think there's a lot that still needs to be found out from that part of it. We may also want to consider a certain threshold of weight increase to be used to warrant switching to a different regimen. And as Niha started to say, employing this preventative care to avoid additional weight gain and subsequently additional comorbidities in this population. So I think there is still a lot of work that needs to be done since, you know, we started to uncover a lot of this post-marketing data. Can you sum it all up for us? What are the overall take-home messages from this research? So one of the overall take-home messages is that while MC-based regimens have been considered to be safer than alternative agents. They still require monitoring for metabolic abnormalities. So we should be comprehensively evaluating patients for changes in their weight, changes in their labs, and changes in their vitals at every visit. In addition to that, information from the post-marketing studies, like the weight gain side effect, is not mentioned in the package inserts of NCs. So I would say another take-home message is that we need to be proactively educating patients on the possibility of weight gain as a side effect from integrase inhibitors. Thank you all so much for your time today. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? Not at this point. Thank you again for having us.